right here, right now. Welcome to the podcast with your hosts, Katie and Moni. Get ready to share a laugh and be amused. It's time to tell our stories right here, right now. Hey, Monica. Hey, Katie. How are ya? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing magically or magical. I feel magical. I'm doing magically wonderful. I like that. So a great thing about our episode today of Right Here, Right Now is that we have a special guest planned to join us right here, right now. Mm -hmm. We, as you know, have been reading Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Yes. And uh, our great friend Sally Bales, you may know her from her raccoon story that she shared with us. We shared her story a couple episodes ago, which was great. Mm -hmm. And uh, she heard us talking about Big Magic and... She went ahead and got herself a copy. Yeah, so she's been reading. She wanted to get in on that creative living beyond fear business conversation. Yeah, and so we plan today to chat with her about that. We've all mostly finished the book. We're in the home stretch, if not nearly done. It's not July's not over, so we technically still have a week to finish. But we have some highlights that we might bring about and talk with her about some of her favorite parts. So we're going to ring up Miss Sally. Let's do it. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. How are you, Sally? I'm wonderful. How are y'all? Wonderful. I am loving this book that we're going to talk about today. Um, I've been trying to just remain very magical in these moments (laughs) waiting because uh i had all this stressful stuff happen with work and like my phone kept ringing at the same time as you guys that were going to call me and then i was just like okay i need to get into this zen space and i made maple and mason get out of the room and then i was like okay so i went and i did the magic thing where i like took a shower and i shaved my legs and (laughs) Set the scene. And I tried to put on lipstick, and I was like, oh, that's the wrong color. (laughs) And so I took it off. Oh, I love this. Full disclosure, Mm -hmm. before before I realized that that was a thing in the book, I did it. So I still have a lot of the book to read, and I went in, and I get ready. And then I came in here, and I started reading the book again. And, of course, right, of course, (laughs) it was that chapter, and I I started cracking up out loud. So then I got up, and then I put on lipstick. I was like, well, I have to put on lipstick then. (laughs) Oh, my (laughs) gosh. You just blew my mind. That is crazy. Yeah, I think that was pretty funny. I had a little stressful day, too, and sometimes it is hard to kind of get in in your zen space. Yeah. You want to have a conversation? I'm honored that y'all invited me. Well, we're honored that you chose to read and participate in the first book club (laughs) session. And as Elizabeth Gilbert said, you opened your door to us and then we reciprocated with that energy. You know? Yeah. We big magicked each other. We did. That's why you're here, actually. We opened up to it and you opened up to it and then boom. Baby. Boom. Boom. Big magic occurred. Woo-woo windows are wide open. Yes, Yes, exactly. Did you happen to listen to last week's episode, Sally? No, I I just came up with that. That's how strong the big magic is. I just knew that. 
Yeah, I did. I, so I listened to the Cupcake Paradox, and I wrote a story and sent it to you. <gasps> I just listened to it today. So surprise. That is oh so my exciting. Gosh. Oh, maybe she you could, read, could read, it. read it. Okay. You want to read your story now? Sure. That would be awesome. That is awesome. Okay. So my story, it has a title. I don't know if that matters. I would love to hear the title. I think it's always important. If there so is one. I should probably go back over the prompts. And the prompts were living through a war, the joy of cooking, and feeling accomplished. Yes. <clears throat> Luke's prompts. Okay. Mason was just barely talking when I asked him if he remembered me from before. He said he did. And we had gone to war together. Unfortunately, we did not live through it. Only he did. So according to this little cherub baby... He and I were brothers in a past life, and we had fought in some war. He accounted a tale in broken baby talk how he tried to protect me, but I was shot in the back and died. I thought about this story so many times. There's no way to know whether it's possible or if this only child who didn't even know what a brother was at this point could have come up with this elaborate event telling, especially the being shot part. Like, we barely let him watch television at this stage in his life. Also, I'm his mother, so him telling me he remembered me as being brothers, that's pretty far out there. Oh, my so, gosh. So, one particular night, while coming through my old trusty kitchen Bible, The Joy of Cooking, I fantasized about the French War and if it could have been that war that we fought in. My brother had to watch me die. How did the rest of his life turn out? Had I left a wife at home with mouths to feed and a house to keep? Did she know how to cook? Or was I the the French chef of cuisine of our house? I mean, I still do love to cook. So regardless of whether the past life story was true, I sat at the kitchen table and realized it didn't matter one way or the other. But I do prefer to believe in magic of it all. I also decided at that moment to declare my love for French cooking. I devoted my life to culinary arts with my kitchen and waged war on any negative self-talk that would prohibit my flow of creation. I felt accomplished in my decision and planned to cook and share it with the world. So whether the Brothers at War story was true or not, the fact that my son's story brought me to this mental space and allowed me to harness the soldier courage of a past life to hide no more that in itself is worth believing in a little magic. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. That, that was is amazing, Sally. So Such a great the, story. Thanks. The first part is true that I I was I heard this somewhere. Um, my friend Vicky actually told me to ask Mason when he was little and just learning to talk to ask if he remembered me from before. And so I did, and this is what he told me. So I used part of that story, and then I just weaved in other stuff, because when I think of war, I immediately think of that story. So mm. I figured it would be a good place to archive it. Wow. That's probably one of my favorite stories that's come out of this podcast. Like, I had my chills going, my back of the neck on. That was some serious and it makes me wonder, did Vicky have other stories like that? No, Vicky told me to ask Mason about if he remembered me from before. Right, but so I mean, had Vicky had other experiences oh, yes. having, People. asking, you know, a child that yes, age? Yes, yeah. And there's like, there's books about it and stuff like um, Many Lives, Many Masters by uh, Dr. Brian Weiss. I've heard um, of that book. Yes. 
he talks about it in there where he does regression therapy with people and does hypnosis and brings them back and they count these stories and it helps to like work through people's trauma and stuff. Wow. And I have like a deathly fear of loud noises for some odd reason. Like it literally makes me jump when I hear loud bangs and things and, um, and scream. So I don't know if there's any correlation to me being shot in the back. If I was shot in the back and Mason had to watch me in our past life as brothers. Oh my gosh. And this is, I think, perfectly tying into what we've been talking about because I feel like big magic with creativity, faith in any religion, you know, it takes a lot of uh, faith to believe that stuff. And I feel like it's so easy when you hear unbelievable stories to be like, nah, that's not true. Like totally pass that off. 100%. Nope. Not going to think about that. But I think there's so many things going on on another level that we are unaware of. Mm-hmm. And, and if we give the, all those, if we give space to those things, Monica's going to read us a quote that's like completely perfectly tied in. So this is insane that you just told us the story that really does. Oh, it's not relate. insane. It's, it's big magic. It's big magic. It it's not so insane. Magical. And that's the word I have to use to make sense of it. Cause, right? Cause it feels. Yes. So this, I'm just going to read the quote, right? Because it's so perfect to what you were just saying. Um, So Elizabeth Gilbert writes on page 219 of the book, Big Magic. I choose to trust that inspiration is always nearby the whole time I'm working, trying its damnedest to impart assistance. It's just that inspiration comes from another world, you see, and it speaks a language entirely unlike my own. So sometimes we have trouble understanding each other. But inspiration is still sitting there right beside me, and it is trying. It's trying to send me messages in every form it can, through dreams, through clues, through coincidences, through deja vu, through kismet, through surprising waves of attraction and reaction, through the chills that run up my arms and through the hair that stands up on the back of my neck, through the pleasure of something new and surprising, through stubborn ideas that keep me awake all night long, Whatever works, inspiration is always trying to work with me. So I sit there and I work too. That's the deal. I trust it. It trusts me. I think it's a surrender of sorts where if you allow yourself to be open to it, you're going to more easily receive it. And the more you try to control things, then it's going to be harder for those messages to cross realms, so to speak. Yeah, anything when you're like resisting what's going on right now, any resistance to that is creating the feeling of hell. And when you like just accept everything the way that it is, then that's what, you know, kind of true bliss can Mm -hmm. be. Even Um, if all the things happening aren't unnecessarily blissful, it is that still I'm accepting of that, right? mm -hmm. Right. And that's almost too like that we resist things because they're not perfect and we have this like perception of what would be perfect and all the ways that that ties into our warped sense of worthiness is just a whole nother ball of wax. Do we feel like melting it? (laughs) Speaking of perfectionism though, uh, you might remember this. I think it was kind of earlier in the book for uh, so we probably already got to this part. <laughs> but yeah, We actually did that part of the homework. She talks about how the two worst qualities in a creative could be are being lazy and being a perfectionist. Oh, yeah. 
we can all relate to that, I think. I can definitely relate to a procrastinating perfectionist lifestyle. It yeah. doesn't right. work well together. And she says yeah, that... Or it, being consistently inconsistent with your management of time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So instead of being a lazy perfectionist, be a deeply disciplined half-ass. Right. I went to this business conference, and one of the things that the, the person who was holding the conference, Allison Maslin, she said that... She had this whole slide, like, don't worry, be crappy. Like, don't worry about it, any of it. Just mm-hmm. throw your B work out there. It doesn't have to be top-notch. That's where the process comes from, and you throw whatever you have out there, and then you get better from it, and mm-hmm. you learn from it, and you see if any of the spaghetti sticks to the wall, and if it does, maybe it's art, and maybe it's not. And But put it out there. there. Otherwise, you're yeah. just going to be waiting and waiting and waiting as your perfectionist self tucks away all your cool ideas and the podcast never happens and the story never gets written and nobody right. ever hears the song that you were writing because it wasn't good enough. Fuck that. Or, yeah. or you say you don't have time. And then she talks about in there, one of my favorite things that she talks about is having an affair with your work. Uh-huh. Oh my God, isn't that so good? Oh my gosh. So like, if you're going to have an affair, which it happens all the time with people, they find time somehow to do it. Mm-hmm. And they have that moment of passion with this other person and if you can treat that the same as your work and just setting aside that 15 minutes to make out with your work (laughs) in the stairwell (laughs) yep even if it's a sloppy session the glue's everywhere there's glitter on the floor right (laughs) oh man i love that part too and i also like how she talks about perfectionism being uh just dressed up fear fear in high heels that like oh we think it's some virtue to be all concerned about being perfect, but really it's just our own self-doubt preventing us from trying, trying again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And a huge inner critic. I mean, perfectionism. Mm-hmm. I know I go back and listen to these podcasts and I'm like, what in the hell were you saying? Oh, and I get like that moment of like embarrassment you feel after a weird, awkward conversation sometimes. <laughs> But it's like, no, screw that. Yeah. You're putting it out there. Yeah. You're making it happen. And that's like on a whole other spring of creativity is the vulnerability it takes to create and put it out there. I mean, that's why it's so scary is because you're bearing your internal thoughts process and all the, I mean, that's big to put out there into the world in hopes that it will be accepted. But you, yeah. But you owe it to the world. The world needs to hear what you have to say or what you have to create. Mm-hmm. It's so important. Um, And that reminds me of another thing we wanted to talk about from the book that is um, creativity and you sharing. If you believe in creativity, does creativity believe in you back? Yes. Yes. That that like energetic relationship that. Yeah. She talks about it with like environmental students. And one of the questions the environmental teacher asked them was. Do you all love, raise your hand if you love nature. And they all raise their hand. And then she says, raise your hand if you think nature loves you. And they all look around all confused. <laughs> and I, she relates it to our creativity. And like that exchange is so real. And if we don't believe in it, then we're much less likely to converse with it. So I have a very funny story about this exactly. Um, as, as you guys know, I love to cook. Cooking is like my passion. And I always joke that food talks to me. And so, like, when I go into the kitchen, 
and I can just open up. I can go in anybody's house. Like, it's my superpower. I can go into anybody's house, open up their pantry, open up their fridge, and just assess what they have, and then things, like, start telling me they want to get together, <laughs> and they want to hook up. And so I start to grab the things out of the fridge and out of the pantry oh that are, like, gosh. telling me. I'm serious. This, this happens. Matchmaker, so, matchmaker, I make me a matchmaker. So, and it happens in my own home, too. I'll, like, I'll start things, and then as I'm cooking, it's like, give me some more turmeric. Or scare me a little bit longer. Or, hey, turn down that simmer. And it's talking to me and telling me what it wants. The food talks to me. And then it creates, like, this big magic of masterpiece of food at the end I of recipes. believe that. <laughs> I believe that. I, I'm, like, so. imagining your, like, milk on the counter and it starts to, like, vibrate. Yeah. <laughs> like, add me, oh, add me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go hang out with that other food. Splash me in there, <laughs> Sally. That is so beautiful. Wow. My grandfather says that the plant, his plants talk to him. He's very into that too. And, and I think that that's a possibility mm-hmm. with anybody. It's just tuning into whatever frequency you have and, and you. Like we're all equipped with, with magic inside of us and talents and everything else. We, we just have to kind of tune into what turns us on. And then that stream of creative influence and those ideas start to come to you and um you become more open to them and you know as you say that it's totally i had not really thought about this but i am thinking about my card making i make greeting cards thank you cards and things for people and i have thousands of papers and tapes and stickers and colors of things to choose from and sometimes it's a little overwhelming just like your materials in the kitchen but i will channel like that person that i'm making a card for if i know who it is and i'll start to think like what do they what do they need and then i as i look through the things the paper like jumps out to me and it's like use yeah. me use me use this do this and yeah. then it, the card builds itself and it's just like oh right. well that was easy <laughs> out of all that stuff this came out like snap so anyway, that was really cool because I had never really tied those two things together until you were talking about it, and I was over here like making this really great connection. Yeah, Big it magic. came to me one day that, and it was just fun to think about the magic of that of like the actual food having its own consciousness and being like telling me what it wants to do, mm. and me just being the conduit to help it make it happen. That's so awesome. I love it. I mean, it could definitely be dismissed by naysayers and be like, well, this is that just your years of being in the kitchen and it's just your innate ability. I'm like, nah, I'd rather believe in magic. It's, it's much more fun. It's a much more fun <laughs> lifestyle to believe in the magic. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think it makes a huge difference in allowing, like we've kind of already talked about, the allowing the magic to happen is that believing it could. And that's a huge part of what's so big about it is the belief part. And that's the hard part. Because you don't always see it, but it's always there. It's always there. I don't see the oxygen that's feeding my brain either. Mm, right? Mm. Yeah. Oh, it smells good, doesn't it? Does it does smell good. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of already talked about this, and I guess we we have a couple questions we wrote down so that oh, we could sure. um, in, ensure to cover our bases of this book that we've all enjoyed so much. Mm-hmm. And I feel in our conversation so far, you've really already answered this for us. But if you wanted to give some more words on it, after reading Big Magic, what is like the Sally style interpretation of what does Big Magic mean to you? Um, I think it's like, 
it's too strong of a coincidence to dismiss. So I think it's like telepathy mixed with signals and things that happen that just pop up and collide. It's like this thought manifest materialization collision of things that happen where you can't deny that it's something beyond just like a coincidence. And just having these ideas of having a desire to come to life. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I see it. I see like you see. <laughs> um, are there any examples of big, big magic happening in your life that you would like to share with us? Yeah, I mean, it happens so often now. It just makes me giggle um, because I, <laughs> I'm i so open to it. And I guess I've been partaking in it before I ever read this book and mm-hmm. just didn't have the words to describe, I guess, what was happening or just, you know... I think that amongst our girlfriends, we have that GPS system, yes. our goddess positioning system, yes. where we can kind of like uh, shout out to Alina for coining that term. Hello there, thank you, yes. goddess. Yes, but um, I actually had it happen over this last weekend. My little family, my husband and my son and I, we went to Schilderbahn Water Park in Central Texas. Bon, so. Bon, bon. My sister happened to be there at the same time, and they were staying at a different place. We didn't plan us like being at Schilderbahn at the same time, but that's not the big magic. So we were <laughs> it, talking. It kind of is. Yeah, that's pretty magical. It kind of it's levels and layers. So we were talking on the phone the day before, and she's like, well, we're going to get there an hour earlier, and we're not going to have our phones on us because it's a water park, and how am I going to find you? I was like, uh, it, it's fine. I'm just going to turn on my telepathic sister messaging, and I'm going to connect with you, and we're just going to run into each other. And she laughed, and then I laughed, and then I got really serious, and I was like, no, I'm not kidding. I'm going to find you. <laughs> I'm going to find you. <laughs> And so we walk into the water park and like at this point, I'm like putting out these woo-woo messages to the universe of like, sister, I'm here, you know, I'm right here. And we, I kid you not, we ran right into each other and, <laughs> and she was very surprised. And I you was were not, of course. You were not surprised. <laughs> that is so I great. mean, I, we hadn't even put our stuff down. Like we had just walked into the park and this place is big. It's, it's a big water park. So, so it was, it was fun to do that. And, um, you know, I have to be careful, like in my line of work, if I don't want to talk to somebody, uh, not to think about them because they will call me. And <laughs> Your magnet's on high. <laughs> my magnet's on high. <laughs> but I think that we all have that, that ability and we've all had it happen. We all talked about it before with just thinking about somebody oh, yeah. be across the world and then they message you or, yeah post something and tag you in it or whatever and yeah I um, love to when we were speaking about this the other day Sally you said something like when you think of someone it's good to call them or when someone is just like placed on your heart right then like a lot of the time they need you and they might not reach out to you but when you call them they're like oh my god I'm I'm so glad you called and that I really love that idea because I don't always act on those little inklings that come and you know yeah, that's a really important mm-hmm. thing to listen to that little instinct that's just like because it happens to us all the time you think about somebody and you're like oh are they gonna call me well sometimes we need to yeah pick up the phone and check on them yeah Take initiate the initiative. it yeah 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 i love that yeah. you're so smart <laughs> so since you're so smart i want to learn from you i want to know sally how do you channel your creativity and you're like, your big magic creativity. Oh like, I know gosh. you just kind of told us that you open up and you send your signals out, but like any other yeah. little ritual type 
tricks you might have for our listeners. I do. I actually do. Yeah. Um, and this was before I started reading the book either. It was out of necessity, sheer necessity and desperation of losing my mind. Um, so I was on the verge of losing my mind and I didn't want to because we had all this stuff going on. I didn't want to. It wasn't didn't the best timing. It. I didn't want to lose it. So I kept it together, kept my mind together. And I went to the paper, the magical paper, Mm. and I just started writing about all of my anxieties, all of my, my fears, all of the things that I needed to have happen, all of the decisions that I needed to make. And I, y'all have talked about this before. It's almost like a a, a thought download or Mm -hmm. um, I know there's lots of other words for it too, but I call mine hello universe. And it's Mm. literally a letter to the universe. It's like, dear universe, hi. Thank you for so much for looking out for me always, and you're so amazing, and I give gratitude, and then I go into, like, and I need your help. Like, I need to collaborate (laughs) with you on all of this stuff that's so heavy on me and these decisions I need to make, and I just, like, put it all out there and just dump it all out there, and then um, then I go about and just go get to work. Like, I don't dwell. I just go back out into the world and do whatever I need to do, and then magic literally starts to happen. I start to see... Um, signs that I needed to see. I have phone calls that come out of nowhere, um, you know, opportunities that pop up. And then once I start getting all that anxiety again and get back to that place, I go back to the, the paper, that magic paper, and I read what I wrote before. And it's usually all taken care of, magically gone, and now a new set of things. And it's like a new level, a new devil. It's always going to be <laughs> continually growing and changing. And there's always going to be stuff that pops up. And so then I just start writing about all of that stuff. And then mm-hmm. I go back out and I get back to work. And, and it always seems like the things get answered and mm-hmm. the things get taken care of. And I think that's yeah. a really important part that you just said is that you write it down, you put it out there, but then you don't dwell on it. You get back to work. And that is so such a big part because so many people will just like – it's this – wallowing space of like well how will it fix how will it happen what am I going to do why me and this like whole stuck on it phase prevents you from getting to work and actually making things happen and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Or, like the, or like the Beltane festival um, where at the beginning of summer you write down all your desired things and then you burn them in a huge bonfire oh um, so that's pretty cool little uh ceremony little little witchy ceremony Mm. you can participate in i think when we did it i did uh you just wrote down things that you hoped would come true okay but you have to be careful uh she gave the example my friend uh cindy shout out to cindy who gave me um the example of but she was like you can't just say you want to have less possessions because the next month your house might catch fire and you right. will have less possession. Right. So you need yeah. to be very specific when you're asking things of the universe. Because mm-hmm. when it gives you what you asked for in a not-so-kind way, you know, you asked for that. I've asked for teachers before, but mm-hmm. I wasn't specific on what the, what I wanted them to teach me. And I had some of the most difficult clients of my life during that period of time. Wow. Wow. But you come out with I all these lessons. I tell you. Yeah. Then you're stronger because of it because you had all yeah. that extra schooling. Yep. Like, I could have enjoyed that teaching with a little more pleasure next time, universe. Please send me someone I get along with. <laughs> that would be great. Thank you. Love, Sally. Yep. I always sign it. Love, Sally. I was going to ask, like, what's <laughs> your salute? That's so sweet. So do you have, like, a big notebook of these requests, or do you ever reread them later? I, 
I do, especially when, um, you know, sometimes like if I'm down, I'll open up the document on my computer and uh, I just keep it running. And then I'll, I'll, I mean, I've been literally crying over reading them because it's just incredible how it's just, it's magical. And, and I start with saying that too, like, this is, you know, I usually will read most of the things before I write a new one because it puts me in such like mm-hmm. a space. Mm-hmm. And, and then, I mean, I'm just, and then at that point you're totally open and just pouring it all out. So, um, what yeah. a great tool. Hello universe. Yep. I kind of want to start our prom- our stories with that. Oh, that could be fun. Would that work with the prompts Mason wrote? Mason, Sally's eight-year-old son. Eight? He's turning nine, right? Yeah, it's Very soon. at the end of September. End of it. Okay. Yep. So he wrote our prompts for today. Would Hello Universe work as an intro to that? Um. Yeah, let's try it. I don't see why not. I think Hello anything Universe could work. Yeah, we'll, we'll be good for anything. And I mean, this is, it's a very universal um, prompting situation today. So um, you'll know more when he comes on and and says them. So. Oh um, my gosh, I'm so excited. Me too. Yay. Well, any other thoughts on, on things? (laughs) Thoughts on things? I have lots of thoughts on lots of things. I think the big magic has been like super fun um when I got to run into Monica this last weekend we were we were just like magic upon magic on our our conversations it was it we was were fun. completely that, synchronized we could yeah. have won the Olympic gold in the pool we were right. totally in sync and I think that when you start to to open up to it more you just see it more and it just becomes more fun it's almost like a game and yep um then you just get to participate and enjoy to pay attention and be astonished and then tell about it kind of ties all that together. That's the Mary Oliver quote that we loved. And we've, we started a lot of our episodes um, kind of in the beginning of the podcast with that mm-hmm. being a, a mantra kind of pay attention, be astonished, tell about it. And this big magic book really kind of, that's, that's all we're working to do is notice the shit that's happening <laughs> Think how cool is that? Oh my gosh! And then tell your friend to mm-hmm. notice it too. Basically, Absolutely. thanks for telling us about all your magic. Yeah, I can't wait to start writing letters to the universe. An open book. Mm. Well, is Mason ready to reveal his super prompts? Yeah. Whoop whoop. The way he did it, and I don't know all y'all's fancy terminology for writing and stuff, but um, the first thing he'll say is like the first line of a a uh, story perfect okay what, what is that called the, f- the first sentence the first sentence oh i thought it was the sequester one or whatever oh yeah no you're good so it's the first sentence and then he's got kind of just like a scenario and then a person is that okay yeah that sounds great so Does he, he want to like- deliver them all at once yes okay perfect. perfect yay all right here you go mason ready the first sentence is there was a tremendous brilliance like a blindfold dragons in space a ninja awesome the first one was there was a tremendous tremendous brilliance like a blindfold yes oh my gosh this brilliance comma like a blindfold that is an incredible sentence wow okay Okay. we got that one from the book he's reading it's the first sentence of the book he's reading 
What? Whoa. What book is he reading? Spirit Animals. But you had me at spirit. <laughs> wow. Okay. So we've got um, our work cut out for us. I know. I feel like Luke wrote this one. I was actually thinking the same thing. Like Luke's going to be jealous of this creative prompt series. Y'all are the best. Thank you so much for helping with our episode today. You're welcome. I'm thrilled to have been able to do it. I'd be happy to be on any time. Yay. Yay. Keep writing, Sally. I will. Yay. All right. You're the best. Thanks, Sally. You're welcome. Thank Thank you. We love you. Love you. Be magical. Goodbye. Bye. Oh my gosh, Mason, those prompts were amazing. Thank you so much for sharing those. He's just as creative as her. Oh man, creative family. For real. And for dad real dad. Yeah. Amazing piano, musician. Super handy, gosh. resourceful. What a. Cool, we're so lucky to know them. So lucky. Ugh, man. Good they're, stuff. They're terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Can't even with you guys. Terribly amazing. Um, so if you're going to participate in the writing exercise with us, go ahead, get your piece of paper. We're going to, of course, with Mason's three prompts, set a 10 minute timer. So we're going to write one complete story with those prompts. If you'd like to, you could start it with Dear Universe, Mm -hmm. optional, Mm -hmm. fourth prompt heading. (laughs) Um, so we're going to go ahead and get started with the first sentence. There was a tremendous brilliance, like a blindfold, also involving dragons in space. And a ninja. Ring. Oh my gosh, that was so fun. That was so fun. I loved writing that story. (laughs) Maybe we need to get Mason to be our official prompt writer. Yeah. Just go into the brain of an eight-year-old. Yeah. And and discover your real inner self. I kind of love it. I bet he'd be down. Yeah. You go first. Okay. There was a tremendous brilliance, like a blindfold made of pure stardust was wrapped tightly around my space helmet. Looking at the egg was far more dangerous than they had warned back at home. We had no idea the scale of this magnificence until we were brought face to face with it. I felt like a deer in headlights, but quickly remembered my ninja training and began bringing my plan to life. The first step was already in motion. Distract the dragon mother on the other side of planet Sark, so she'd leave her eggs unattended. Next. If I could get close enough, I needed to very sneakily pull one scale, just one, off this humongous egg. The problem, or one of the problems, I should say, is the extreme brightness of the egg. This thing was seriously glowing. It was like magic. Very big magic. The other problem is the unknown factor. Though the scientists back home were certain the scale would be all our planet needed to heal itself, they were not so certain how it would affect planet Sark, or the egg, or the egg's mother, who was known casually around the galaxy as the enforcer of all space and time. So the resulting reaction could be catastrophic. But this ninja wasn't trained to worry. She was trained to infiltrate, engage, and disappear. Infiltration, check. Now it's time to engage. I activated my light shield and stepped toward the egg. Dun, dun, dun. Perfect. I loved that story. That was great. Thanks, friend. I liked it, too. I I liked the scale pun at the beginning. Thanks. Yeah. 
I it caught is. on. You're good. Yeah. You know me so well. Yeah. It's it's taking some training. <laughs> and an open woo-woo window. Yeah, for real. All right. Here's my rendition. Show me what you got. There was a tremendous brilliance, like a blindfold. I felt the hair on my arms standing on end, a tingle in the back of my neck. I became acutely aware of my surroundings shifting, though the light was so bright I couldn't actually see the change. I just somehow felt it. I knew that I was in a forest, vastly far away from the downtown apartment I was standing in just minutes before. I should have been scared, but I felt calm. It was surreal. The tall, lanky creatures that came out of the trees looked foreign, nothing like nothing I'd ever seen before. But again, they made me feel so completely at ease. They surrounded me, picked me up, and raised me above their heads, chanting the words, Dragons in space, come to us now. Dragons in space, come to us now. Then a ninja appeared. I knew if I was going to survive, I had to fight the ninja. I knew these beings needed me to rescue them. A timid dragon appeared, and I got onto his back, instinctively, knowing it would take teamwork to overcome this evil ninja. But, okay, okay, Dave, it's bad enough you're late for work, but some of us have been here for an hour? Some of us care about this job? I'm busy? I don't have time for, oh my god, Dave, quick, behind you, duck, a ninja! What? did you inception me again i kind of inceptioned you i was telling the story of the dragon and how i attacked the ninja Mm -hmm. and then my boss chimes in to interrupt my story and tell me that she's busy and then i need to stop making excuses on why i'm late for work but then she tells me to duck because there's really a ninja behind me interesting so it was real it was real I thought so. I thought that's what I heard. Yeah. That's exactly what you heard. Wow. It's all real. It's all real. Even when it seems like it's not. That's right. That's so fun. Well. I had fun sharing these stories with you today. I also had fun. Thank you, Katie, for sharing your story. Thank you, Monica, for sharing yours. And for Sally and Mason for inspiring us and being your creative, awesome you can't say this yet, Mason, badass selves, <laughs> but later you can choose whether or not you want to. Indeed. It'll be a wise and mature decision you'll That's make right. as a little badass. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you guys enjoyed the episode today, you can let us know, leave us a review, share with your friends. Yeah, please. We love feedback and we love when you share the love right here, right now. Bye. Bye. Right here, right now.